special episode of Something to Say. It's been a few weeks since we have had a podcast, and we will be gearing up for season two soon. I'm not sure exactly what that date will be, but I will keep you posted on that. Reason I wanted to do a podcast this week this is NIDA week, so National Eating Disorders Awareness Week. And I didn't want the week, I went back and forth on whether to record a podcast or not. I didn't want the week to pass without feeling like I did my due diligence um, for what this podcast's sole purpose really is, is I want to raise awareness about eating disorders and recovery. I'm not an expert at all, um, don't claim to be, um, but I can share my story with you and share with you from professionals that I know are certified to put out that content, I can share those things with you and sort of make you aware of what's going on and how eating disorders affect people. So this week is basically, it's not its not a celebration of eating disorders. It is a week for awareness, basically, and to just make people aware of how serious eating disorders can be and are. Like I said, I'm not... I'm not an expert in this at all, but I can share my story and some things that I find that professionals in the industry do put out, uh, whether it be facts or some type of uh, eating disorder therapist puts out something that might be helpful. Uh, I'll usually share that. Normally, it's on my Instagram, um, but I will come and and put those in, try to put those in my upcoming podcasts uh, going forward. But I hope that What I say on here will be a help to someone, whether you're going through an eating disorder, if you're in recovery from an eating disorder, um, you know someone that has an eating disorder, disordered eating, or just to make you more aware of the seriousness of an eating disorder. Just hopefully you can take some sort of tiny little nugget away from each conversation that we have that can just make you, even if it's just to be more aware um, of what you say or do around people, that you just don't ever know if someone may be going through disordered eating or eating disorder. So I want to talk about kids. Uh, As we know, kids pick up so quickly on everything, and they don't have to be old to pick up on these things. They can be very small and just little comments that you make. Be cautious as far as dieting or talking about going on a diet in front of kids because it makes them look at you like, oh, well, I think you're perfect. So if you think you need to work on your body, then ah, it's just ingrained into them as they get older. Those things will come back to them. Uh, or even saying something if they were to get on a scale and just making any type of a negative or positive comment about that. Uh, if we could teach them that it's just simply a number, just like our height in inches or what shoe size we wear, uh, it seems like clothing size and the number on the scale is a big deal when it comes to eating disorders. I know for me personally, I used to go shopping, and if I had to buy a certain size, I would not buy that and I would go back to eating disorder behavior to try to lose, 
in order to fit into the size I wanted to fit in. Uh, it's still difficult for me to weigh. Um, as far as doctor's appointments, it I get very bad anxiety when it comes to me having to go weigh. And that's something I'm aware of, but also something that I will continue to work on. And I'll talk a little bit about the recovery process uh, here in just a little bit. But if we can just, just let kids know that there's no bad bodies, this person's body is just as good as this person's, even though they may look totally different. We need to treat eating disorders just like we would any physical illness, whether it's heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, things like that, because it is still a very important health issue. It's very hard on your body, your heart, your organs, and the system as far as your body function goes. And I don't think people really realize that. I think a lot of people think it's just a vanity thing. It's uh, just get over it. it. It's not It's not what a lot of people, the stigma, as far as the stigma goes with eating disorders. You can't tell by looking at someone if they have an eating disorder. Uh, you could stand 20 people up in a line, men, women, different cultures, different backgrounds, different sizes, different shapes, different heights, and they all have an eating disorder. None of them could be underweight. None of them could be overweight. Uh, you just you just don't know by looking at someone if they do have an eating disorder. Uh, the majority of people are not underweight. And I'll go into some facts here in just a little bit that I have found from some eating disorder specialists that I can I can share with you. So here's some things you may not know about eating disorders. 30 million people in the U.S. alone have, have one. About one-third of those are men. Only about one in ten will receive treatment for their eating disorder. I think it's gotten a little bit better, but it, it's expensive to go into get help as far as treatment goes for an eating disorder. Uh, I think that over time, with more conversation, it will get better in the future, but we have to keep talking about it and and make people aware of how critical it is for someone that needs help and wants help to get that help and it not the financial piece not hinder them from getting the help that they need. It is the highest mortality rate of any mental health disorder and consistently has the least amount of research funding. And I know myself as one person can't change these things, but I can talk about it. And if there's hundreds of other people like me that talk about it, maybe one day all that combined can make a change, even if, if it's a little bit at a time. This does say every 52 minutes someone dies from a direct result of an eating disorder. That's one person an hour. That's 24 people a day. And that's a lot of people that lose their life over an eating disorder. And there's help out there. We just have to, you know, bring the awareness out, talk about it, make it to where people are not ashamed to talk about it. Because there's a lot of shame with comes with mental mental health stuff. It's just not a normal thing that we talk about. It's okay to go out and talk about, well, I have high blood pressure that they put me on medication. Well, somebody with an eating disorder or some type of mental health issue 
are not as open about those things because society has given it a stigma that it's wrong or that you're crazy or there's something wrong with you when that's not that's not the case you're just a human that has stuff to deal with just like anybody else we all have our stuff um one person's of course is different than the other but we have to help each other out and kind of lean on one another to get through our stuff um but here's the myth and facts that i that i found myth eating disorders have a look we've talked about that um Fact, only 6% of sufferers are underweight. Another myth, eating disorders are a choice. Fact, eating disorders are mental illnesses used as a coping mechanism. That's why you'll find a lot of people, they'll do good for a while, even be in recovery. I'm a perfect example, um, can be in recovery, doing great. Then something traumatic comes up in your life. And when I say traumatic, it doesn't have to be a devastating type situation. It could be um, a loss of job, uh, a relationship ended, be it friendship, romantic relationship, loss of a pet, loss of a family member, Um, just down and depressed. Things like that can cause people in recovery to go back to those eating disorder behaviors and cope with those things. Prime example, I know I've shared in past episodes of myself in 2020, I was doing great, then things happened, and I just had a really, really bad 2021 up until the last little bit of it. And I used, went back to those behaviors to cope with that because that was comfortable for me. Um, Thankfully, I've been in therapy now back in therapy over a year and have, you know, come a long way and I'm back in a good place. But that's how people cope with things with an eating disorder. Um, Lots of times with eating disorders, the only way you know how to cope is to go back and be comfortable in those behaviors. Because most of the time, if you're in full-blown eating disorder you have built up those behaviors and those thoughts over a period of time. Lots of times, years, for me, it was several years. Um, and you're not going to get rid of those thoughts or those behaviors um, the way you trained your brain for that many years. You're not going to get rid of that overnight, um, even a year. I mean, I'm in year four. I'll be. It'll be four years in July that I started my recovery journey. I'll, I'll be in year four, and I'm still working at recovery. It's not a one and done. It is a staircase, a very non-ending staircase that you kind of have to go one step at a time. Sometimes it's a half a step at a time. You lose steps along the way, but you, you keep going. And it's making a conscious effort every day to try to make that day the best day and to choose the next right thing. So recovery is not easy. I'll get get more into that here in just a little bit. But tips that to help with someone that may be going through an eating disorder or just in general, even if it's just a regular person that you know and you don't think they have any issues with eating or anything like that, don't comment on people's body. And I have a whole episode on that. If you want to go back and check that out, you can. But commenting on someone's body can 
send them into a bad place, whether it's good or bad. Negatively, of course, they're going to not take that well. But even a compliment of, well, you look so healthy, you look so great. Have you lost weight? Well, those things can feed an eating disorder. They can say, oh, I get these compliments. I did this myself. I can just keep going and keep going, and I'm just going to look fantastic. And I'll feel better, feel better about myself. I can tell you from the time I turned, I started my eating disorder behaviors at 18. And I can tell you that's 20 years ago. And I can tell you that I've never, in those past 20 years, I've never been satisfied with how my body looks. Recovery is part of learning to accept your body. And I, I still work on that. I have days that I'm great, and I have days that I'm just not so good. So it's a work in progress for me. I do believe that you can be fully recovered. I'm not quite there yet, but I will work toward it, and I'll have to deal with it every day. But just don't comment on people's bodies. Um, It's not, there's much more to talk about with someone than what they look like. Their smile lights up a room. Or, I'm just so glad to see you and be around you. You make me laugh. You make me smile. Something like that, other than commenting on their body. Don't talk about your diet. Like I mentioned, with kids, it can also be harmful to adults. If you're talking about your diet or losing weight or calories and I'm trying to be good or that's a bad food, there's no good or bad foods. That's another thing that you can teach your kids. Foods can be, there can be nutritional value, of course, to fruit and vegetables, but to bring you joy, a lot of people will do cake or brownies or cookies, something sweet. So you kind of have to balance that out to where you don't teach that you should eat fruit over a piece of cake because the fruit may not bring joy and life is too short to not have joy. And I'm learning that still as, as I go along the recovery road is it's okay to let yourself have cookies every now and again. It's okay if you want one every day. It's okay. Um, I still struggle with uh, restricted for so long. And when I get something that I love, and I love sweets, I don't allow myself to, to get them, but I am working on that. I did go to, we got a crumble cookie in Johnson City back uh, where I'm from, And I did last Friday, uh, finally got some of their cookies, and they're amazing if you've not tried them. But I digress. Let's go on to the next one. Let people, things to help, we're going back to things to help people or to how to conduct yourself around people if you think they're during an eating disorder or have any eating issues whatsoever. Let people eat peacefully without judgment or pressure. So don't, if you're out to eat with them or you have a potluck at work or school or church and they get certain things on their plate let it be don't don't comment on people's plate or is that all you're eating or i wish i had your willpower because that that's not helpful um and it i know these things are not meant to be hurtful to people or to cause any issues at all but they can if you are someone dealing with that, it can trigger you into worse behaviors than what you're already doing. Listen to people. If they want to talk about it, let them talk about it. And 
there's ways that you can bring up in a in the right way as far as if you think someone might need to go get help. Just like, have you ever thought about going to see a therapist for this or something like that? Little ways that, that you can engage in conversation and guide them in the right direction um, and encourage them to seek the treatment that they need. And one of the biggest things is learn and take the time to educate yourself about eating disorders. And this is one thing that I wanted to do with this podcast is to bring to light some of the things that I have learned just even in the recovery phase. And I don't want to, I don't ever want to trigger anyone as far as if someone is going through an eating disorder, because that can be very detrimental. Um, I've been there and it has been done to me, not intentionally, I don't believe. It just happens because it's a normal thing that we hear about diets and exercises and or diets and exercise and comparison to people. And my biggest thing was I always wanted to fit in. And I've come to find out that, and it took me a long time, that I am me and I, I'm not going to change. I can't change myself to fit in with people because I've tried that before and it's just not worked out. But encouraging people to get help about their issues with eating and because the issue is not with food, there's deeper issues. And it was described to me as when you in a recovery, it's sort of a peeling back the onion layer by layer. You have a team. If you go into intensive outpatient therapy, like I went into, or even inpatient, I'm sure I don't know what all's involved there, but the intensive outpatient was I had um, group therapy. I saw a dietitian there and I had my regular therapy. And then I also had a psychiatrist that helped with medication, antidepressant, anxiety medication. Um, so it's a team of people and um, they are encouraged someone if they are going through this to seek someone that has experience with eating disorders. I've been to therapy and the people not specialize in what you need, and it's just not helpful. And if you can find someone that specializes in what you need help with, that you'll get the, the bigger benefit of that. If you're in recovery, there's some things that I have found that has been helpful. And like I said, I'm still learning a lot as I go and still working on myself and some things that I have done is that's helped me is I've thrown out clothes that I have kept for years that I want to fit back in. And I'm just never going to fit back into them. So I donated a bunch of probably six bags worth of clothes that I had been hanging on to. And it was just not helpful in the recovery phase for me to dwell on trying to get in that pair of jeans that I loved. Because there's probably another pair that I love somewhere else that's that will fit my body. Bodies change over time, and we can't expect that our bodies will be the same five, ten years prior to where we're at today. Uh, me and one of my friends at work were talking about just how your body changes from your teenage years, 20 to 25, 25 to 30, 30 to 35, 35 to 40, and so on. And I can honestly say you don't have to have babies um, to have your body change. I never had kids, and I can honestly tell you from my 25 to 30-year-old 
uh, time frame, I changed the next five years. And I found that 35 to 40, um, right, well, on the edge of going up to 40, but my body's not the same as it was four years ago. And I see pictures of myself, and I also have to remind myself that this body I have now is in a recovery body and not a eating disorder body. Um, so those things, if you can make yourself aware of those, even if you have to write it down somewhere you can see it, it's helpful to remind yourself of those little things that make you not feel so bad about where you're at at that moment. I had my fitness pal downloaded on my phone. I had always used that for my peace of mind. Two weeks ago, I guess, I deleted it because I just didn't want to find myself in the cycle of making sure that I had to record everything that I ate and keeping track of as far as what I burn. That's not helpful in recovery because you're still, even though you're not fully obsessed with it, you're still, you're not letting go of those little things. Get rid of your scale. And I was a slave to the scale for so long, even though I had anxiety with it at the doctor's office, I would constantly want to know the number. And if the number wasn't what I wanted it to be, my day would just not be good. It would send me into a spiral as far as me wanting to make that number change to what I wanted it to be. And if I did, and it was if it was what I wanted it to be, I would have a good day. But nothing should have that power over your mind and how your day goes. So I about... Six to eight weeks ago, I've had a scale my whole life, almost. I tucked it away in the closet, and I, I put it away in the back corner. Didn't, get, didn't throw it away, but I did tuck it away, and I have not had it back out. I don't know how much I weigh. Um, I don't want to know how much I weigh because if I see it, then I fear that I will go in a not good place. And like I said, I'm constant work in progress. I want to get to the place that if I do see it or know, and it's not where I want to be, that I'm okay with that. Because that number can fluctuate from one day to the next, just like your body image. I so I struggle with body image. There's one day I can look in the mirror and I feel great. I feel like I look great and I'm I'm good with, with how I look at, at that time. The next day can come and it's just a not so good day or I see things in a not so positive light. In those those days I just try to remind myself, use my tools that I learned in recovery to get through the day and remind myself that my body is doing this for a reason. Whether females you can get bloated, you have your monthly time, um, things that can as far as your weight, the number on the scale that can be that, the volume and timing of your meals, hydration levels, sodium intake, bowel movements. There's a lot of things that can go into what that number says from one day to the next. And that's why we shouldn't rely on that number to make us feel good or bad. And I, I'm a work in progress on that. But I can honestly say over the last 20 years, as far as before recovery, I guess would be 16 years of if I saw a number and I wanted it to change and I, and I got to where I wanted it to be, I was still not happy. 
it was a constant vicious cycle of, okay, if I can do this, get this number here, then I can get it here. Um, so it was just a never-ending battle of, of your mind. That's really about all that I wanted to get into today. I just wanted to, you know, raise awareness for the eating disorders, how serious they can be, uh, make you aware of what you say around people, and especially kids. Uh, they just pick up on so much. And I, I think a lot about my niece, who's seven, and it makes me wonder as far as when kids go from when they start school and what what causes them to go from carefree, confident, I can do anything to where they're insecure. It blows my mind to think that a kid in the first, second grade can go to third and fourth grade and be made fun of or feel insecure or compare themselves to someone else. And I I want to do this for the future out there because I feel like if I had heard these conversations, I may not have went through the difficulty that I went through. I know there's a reason why I did, and maybe that is to help uh, someone out there listening, whether it's the education piece, the awareness for you to help someone else. That That's my heart's desire. And I do appreciate you all listening. I hope to find some people that I can get on that are more in the professional realm that deal with eating disorders. Coming up on the the new season of my podcast, I hope to find some people. If you are out there listening and you have experience with whether you're in recovery, um, you're a therapist, dietitian, anything like that, that you could come on and conversate with me about. That would be great if you know of anybody. Please feel free to send me a message and I'll be happy to reach out to them. I want to go up a notch on what we talk about and, you know, get more word out there and more in depth on this topic. But I do appreciate y'all listening to the special episode and we'll be back. I'll let you know. I'm not sure exactly what date. I'm in the process of moving. So once I get settled there, maybe the end of March, beginning of April. But as always, feel free to reach out you um, on Instagram, Facebook, or you can email me. The podcast is email is something to say with Kayla at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. If you have questions, feel free to send them in to me and I will do my best to uh, answer those. But thank you and I will see you all. I hope you all have a good rest of the week. <music>